What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, we are going to be counting down our top 10 most interesting NFL teams this season. So we have compiled between the four of us averages uh, for our top 10 most interesting teams, not necessarily the best teams, but teams that we are most interested in watching this year. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. And now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? Eric, your ranting co-host here. Been watching the uh, Jags-Saints preseason game right now. Jags not looking very good, but uh, <laughs> I'm just going to have to hope it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> ironing out some kinks and just kind of hopefully they'll learn from all of these several mistakes they're making. But but nevertheless, still excited to get into this. I'm so glad football's back. So, uh We'll see what you guys think about our list that we made here. And what is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And, yeah, I'm excited because it's been about over three months now that we haven't really talked about football on this podcast. Last that we talked about it was, like, I think back when we did our, uh, like, two point, mock 2.0 review or something like that, or even before that, just like the NFL draft, so... Uh, it's been a while, been a lot of NBA talk recently, so I'm excited to get back to football. And, um, you know, I know my team this year is definitely at its probably its weakest point that it's been in a long time. But, you know, uh, who knows? I'm excited to see possibly what they could do this year. <laughs> and what's up, guys? It's Nate here. I'm in the same boat uh, kind of with Connor there. I'm excited to just have some kind of football uh, to talk about, even if it is preseason um, I think we've got a good list tonight and I'm ready to kind of pick up more uh, in the next in the next coming weeks, talk about some real games here. So should be a fun time. Yeah, definitely, guys. And not only is it a return to football, but it's a return to the top 10 list. Um, shout out summer of 2020 is when we were running these things every week. Uh, Back when uh, the, the virus that shall not be named was ruining yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. Can you so, even say virus? That's that's like a V you a V word there. <laughs> <laughs> the sickness. Um, oh, Are we talking about disturbed songs now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, so like I kind of said earlier, the way this worked, guys, is the four of us we made our own personal top ten most interesting teams list, and we you know summed them up and came up with the top ten. Uh, combined list between the four of us however as you can imagine you and maybe three of your buddies make a top 10 list you're not going to all agree on everything and we certainly didn't agree on everything especially either when two, especially when two of the people are me and zach yeah <laughs> <laughs> our lists were, were probably the most different between everybody's um but uh, with that being said um we knew that there were going to be teams that people really wanted to talk about that wouldn't make the list, the top 10 list. So we each have our own uh, wild cards or honorable mentions um, to talk about. So we're going to get those out of the way first, and then we'll get into the top 10 list. So I will go ahead and start, guys, with my honorable mention as the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think the Browns are slightly less interesting than they were last year, um, but they're still, in my opinion, a top 10 team to be interested in just because um we saw the success that they had in the playoffs last year i mean they came very close to beating the chiefs in the playoff game and 
there's a, a lot on the line with this team. This team has Super Bowl expectations. I think that's fair to say, considering that they almost made it to the AFC Championship game last year. It's a tough division they're in. And that's another thing about why they're interesting to me. We're going to see them play Pittsburgh twice, Baltimore twice. How are they going to fare in those big matchups? How is Cleveland going to do with expectations now? Because, you know, last year they didn't, most people didn't have much, much expectations for them. This year they have expectations. Does that change anything? Odell Beckham seems like he's finally going to be back. We'll see how he returns. I know he's lost his status as an elite wide receiver, but he's going to be coming back. He still has. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he did after they, uh, the, his rookie season, I would say. Um, but, but, and then you have Chubb and Hunt, that duo as at running back. That's, you know, one of the best backfield tandems in the NFL. The defense, they added a lot of free agents. They drafted a lot of, um, big time players in the draft on defense. So the defense got revamped. The offense, hopefully, in their opinion, is going to be healthier this year. And then the biggest question mark is going to be Baker Mayfield because he still hasn't signed a long-term contract yet. He's playing on the fifth-year option, and he hasn't signed yet. Uh, Josh Allen in the same draft class has signed a a massive contract. Lamar Jackson also hasn't, but most people expect that Lamar is going to get a big contract. But with Baker, there's some uncertainty there. Um, If he has another year like last year, he should. But if not, there's actually some people saying the Browns shouldn't pay him like Dak Prescott money if he's not going to play, you know, to the standards that you want to win a Super Bowl. So Baker's future could be in question. The Browns could be a Super Bowl sleeper. Um, They could totally flame out and just look terrible. In my opinion, that makes them a real interesting team. And that's why they're my honorable mention. Eric, I'll go ahead and let you talk about your honorable mention next. Yeah, so my honorable mention is going to be the defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I was surprised. I'm pretty sure I'm the only one that put them on the list. Uh, Nate had had them at, like, number 10. Yeah, Nate had them. Okay, so Nate had them, like, near the – like, right at the bottom of the top 10 there. But, yeah, just – for me, a defending Super Bowl champion, I, I don't really see how you could not put him on here because there's always, obviously, the high expectations like Zach was just talking about with Cleveland. You know, it's very rare for a team to win a Super Bowl back-to-back, so I'm really curious to see if the Bucks are going to be able to do it. I think they are in a good position to do so as they are one of the very few Super Bowl teams or Super Bowl winning teams to actually bring back every single starter that was on the winning team. Usually when teams win the Super Bowl, like all the players whose contracts are up, go take bigger paychecks uh, from other teams and free agency. But the Bucks have literally, you know, their exact same team. So I'm really curious to see if they are going to be able to repeat. And obviously of course with Tom Brady, you know, like, I know in my head, I've been saying every year for the last five plus years that, you know, age is going to catch up to him and he's going to start regressing. But I mean, he's had some down moments, like obviously not, he's obviously not in his prime or anything, but you know, he still looked really good last season. So I'm curious if he's going to be able to 
keep doing that? Or is this going to be the year that he finally starts to flame out? Uh, so just overall, just really curious to see what the Bucks are going to do. I mean, if, if you want to uh, be as good as Tom Brady, then you got to eat avocado ice cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, saw, right. I, I saw a thing about uh, Roethlisberger because he started going on like the Tom Brady diet, I guess. Oh, my God. <laughs> How but long is that going to last? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But he said he's I guess he's been committed to it. But it was funny because then he came out and said something like, you know, oh, like I have a lot of respect for him, but I'm going to take a pass on the avocado ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I actually gave Susan likes avocados, so I actually got her this like avocado lime ice cream one time. She said it was the one of the most disgusting things she's ever eaten in her life. And I was like, wow, <laughs> and she loves ice cream and avocado, yeah. so that that was crazy. So I don't know how I didn't know Tom. I know he has this like crazy diet and everything. I didn't know avocado ice cream was in it, but yeah, maybe <laughs> to him for being able to eat that. I think his I'm, like his ultimate cheat meal is like a bite of pizza or something like that. I've heard. <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, d- d- does he even get like a little bit of pepperoni on that bite? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Connor, go ahead and tell us about your honorable mention team. Yeah. So my honorable mention team is oddly enough the hometown team for me, the Carolina Panthers. Um, mainly for them, I think it's more so. <clears throat> there's a lot of youth on this team, and obviously. You know, probably the most interesting thing about this team is obviously going to be the quarterback position. Sam Darnold, you know, he gets a fresh start here in Carolina. Definitely has a much better situation in Carolina than he had with the Jets. Um, you know, the Jets for a long time, I mean, even still now, like they don't have any weapons at all. I mean, you know, I don't even know who they're, I guess is Le'Veon Bell still their running back? I don't know what's going on there. And then like, they don't really have any receivers at all. Um, other than like Corey Davis, who's like a number two receiver at best. And so, but here in Carolina, like he's got a true superstar running back in Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore is really starting to emerge as a really good young receiver. I don't know if I'd call him a true number one receiver yet, um, but he's definitely starting to emerge. Robbie Anderson's a really good deep threat. So he definitely, and obviously he has a much better, you know, head coach right now with, I mean, Robert Sala is unproven, but having Matt rule as his head coach is, you know, a big improvement over what he had with Adam Gase. So um, definitely a big improvement for Sam Darnold here. And I also think what's interesting for the Panthers is just kind of how wide open I think this NFC wildcard race could be this year, because really outside of Tampa and the Rams who we'll get to a little bit later and the 49ers, in my opinion, I don't think there's any teams that I'm like completely sold on making the playoffs. Like obviously, you know, some of them have to be division winners um, because, you know, you have obviously like uh, the NFC East, like someone's got to come out of there and someone's going to come out of the North. But I think those other two wildcard spots, like after the 49ers, I think are really wide open because the saints are definitely not what they used to be. Um, you know, they're kind of in like an interesting situation here with the quarterback situation that they have with Winston and Hill. You know, the Falcons are a young and emerging team. Um, you know, the Seahawks seem like they're going to have they're headed for a down year. Like the Panthers really have a chance to do something. Um, and they have a really young defense that looked really good last year. And obviously, you know, those players are only going to get better with age if they're already good at age, you know, 21, 22. The longer they go, the better they'll get. So. I think this is, I don't know if this is quite the year that the Panthers make their move, 
Um, but I definitely think if Sam Darnold can, you know, actually start to get into a good, I don't know, comfortable feeling and stop seeing ghosts, obviously, um, if he can get comfortable and start putting up the numbers that everyone has been saying he could put up if he got put in a better situation, then I think the Panthers, like I said, maybe not this year. This could be the start of it. But then next year, for sure, they could be a real wild card contender. All right. And Nate, tell us about your honorable mention pick. Yeah, so um, I'll kind of keep it short with mine, but uh, I really picked the Bears um, as one of the interesting teams, basically for one reason, just their uh, quarterback situation there with Justin Fields coming in as a rookie. Um, Sounds like they're going to at least start uh, Andy Dalton for the beginning of the season, Um, kind of the veteran guy, but he's never really been an inspiring player anywhere he's gone. I can't imagine he plays past like week four or five. Um, so really for me, it's just interesting, interesting to see what happens with Justin Fields. If he can, uh, come in and, um, really adapt to, uh, life in the NFL and get up to game speed because he could be a really dynamic player when, um, you know, he gets a chance to start. And that for me is, I'd be interested to see what happens, um, with the Bears roster, which really is not, has not been that great lately. They, they do have some pieces, I like Cleo Mack still around and uh, some of those guys. So um, we got Justin Fields could really take them from being um, a mid to kind of bottom level team to, you know, a real playoff contender possibly. So that's kind of why they're interesting for me. All right. Good work guys with your honorable mention picks and let's go ahead and get in the top 10. So we're going to count up to number one, obviously. So, Starting off at number 10, Eric introduced this team and why they are the number 10 most interesting team. Yeah, so the number 10 most interesting team and in the Clutch Crew Sports rankings here. I was say this, this, is, this isn't Brody number 10. This is Clutch Crew number 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we've got the Miami Dolphins here, and the main reason for me, why I consider the Miami Dolphins to be an interesting team is it's going to be, can they take that leap and get to the next step? And obviously that's going to fall on the shoulders of Tua. He had some good games his rookie year. He had some really bad games his rookie year. Um, So it's just going to be a matter of, is he going to be able to, step up and get this team to the next level. I mean, they've got, you know, some good pieces on this team. Uh, they brought in some pieces in free agency. They got him, you know, a good weapon in the draft that he's obviously familiar with, uh, with Jalen Waddle. So, you know, Tua has what he needs, you know, for the most part. So can he get the job done for them? So, that's my biggest reason why I've got the Miami Dolphins here. Cause obviously they, you know, with the record they had last year, it seemed like they, you know, they should have been in the playoffs, but you know, they had the whole thing with between Tua and Fitzpatrick last year, kind of going back and forth on all that. But, you know, this is Tua's team now and can he get it done? So that's my thoughts on the Dolphins. But um, for those of you who also, you know, pick Miami, what other thoughts do you have on this? Yeah, Eric. So that was that's my primary reason why I have Miami in my top 10. And um, another thing, too, that's interesting to me is like 
their ceiling is high, but their floor, I think, can also be low. And if that ends up happening, since they have done so much draft maneuvering and things, um, is there a chance that they draft a rookie QB next year? And we see it, I think, more and more now in the NFL teams giving up on young quarterbacks quicker if they don't perform. And if they feel like this team is good enough to make a playoff run, but they're just missing the quarterback and they're sold that two is not the guy. Is there a chance that that actually ends up happening because they, you know, benched him for fits a couple times throughout uh, his rookie season. So if Tua has a bad year, but then also too, they could be missing out because, you know, Josh Allen, he got the time with Buffalo and then he ended up developing last year. So is Tua going to get a third year um, if he plays really badly this year? I don't know. It's just people have been saying that the Dolphins could move on if um, if he has a bad year, which I don't know that'll happen. But it's something that makes them interesting to watch out for. Um, well, well, I think another thing that makes them interesting for me, I mean, like I know they were right outside my top 10, but I think one thing for them is that, you know, there are some teams – if the AFC is anything like it, it was last year, then it's going to be interesting to see if this team like, cause do I, can I see them putting together like another 10 and six, 11 and five record? Sure. Or well, I guess this year it would be like 11 and six or um, 12 and five or whatever, like <laughs> for the sake of, uh, you know, perspective, we'll just go, can they put together another 11 and five or 10 and six season? Well, I think they can, but the question is going to be, again, will that be enough to make the playoffs? Because last year it wasn't because, you know, you've had the AFC is just so stacked. And I mean, you know, the Browns, you still got the Browns, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Patriots are having like a resurgence, the Bills, you know, who knows if the Steelers could be a sleeper team, the Titans, you know, you still have all these teams in the AFC that could vie for a wildcard spine. I don't know if like even, you know, a 10 and six record is going to get it done. Like they have to play really well if they want to secure their spot because, you know, and also playing in the AFC East, like for the first time in, you know, since really, I mean, I know Tom Brady's not there, but like for the first time, really since Tom Brady got drafted by the new England Patriots, the AFC East is a competitive division this year. Like the only team that's not good is the jets. Like we all know they're going to, finish in the cellar sorry Jets fans but I'm sure they think it's gonna happen too but like you know you actually have three you know you have the Bills the and the Patriots along with the Dolphins that could all compete for that crown so it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do and like I said if the record that they can put together it will be good enough for a playoff spot definitely all right let's go to number nine guys and I'll let Connor introduce Clutch Crew Sports number nine <laughs> I should patent that now. Um, but yeah, so moving on to number nine, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think the main thing why I put them here on my list is because obviously the offense is pretty much going to be the same. Um, it's really just about Kyler Murray. If he can take, you know, another step forward in his development, he looked pretty good last year. Um, you know, he kind of started to regress a little bit after the whole Hale Murray thing happened. Um, but, you know, if he can play anything like he did the first half of 2020, then, you know, the Cardinals, they're not going to have problems putting up points. You know, they have a young running back in Chase Edmonds. DeAndre Hopkins is still one of the best receivers in the league. 
I'm really interested for this team, why I put them on here, is to watch their defense this season because obviously they managed to go out and get J.J. Watt in the offseason. So now they have two you know, really established pass rushers on that defense with J.J. Watt and probably one of the most underrated pass rushers in all of the NFL in Chandler Jones. I feel like he gets forgotten so often. Like we talk so much about, you know, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Joy Bosa, you know, all Nick Bosa, all these guys when like Chandler Jones, you know, he keeps sitting up there and like, you know, the top ten, five or 10 in sacks and we just keep forgetting about him. So it's going to be really interesting to see the dynamic between Chandler Jones and J.J. Watt. And I think it's also going to be interesting to see, you know, the Cardinals really misused Isaiah Simmons last year. I know we talked about this a lot um, previously when we were talking about the draft and how that like, you know, at the start of last season, I think it was Eric and I had Simmons as our defensive rookie of the year pick. And I still think he could have been the defensive rookie of the year if the Cardinals had used him correctly. Um, so now they have a second chance with him. And also they brought in Zayvon Collins, who's like another defensive rookie of the year contender this year. So if this, you know, if Kyler can stay the same, I'm really interested to see if he can keep it up and also just watch the development of this defense. Cause it could turn into a juggernaut of a defense if everything goes right. Yeah, I, I a hundred percent agree with all that. And also uh, to me, what makes them interesting is I think they are truly a playoffs or bust team, but they're in like one of the toughest divisions in the NFC West. So there's no gimme games in that division. But also at the same time, it's Kyler's third year now. They made a bunch of moves in the offseason to get better. This should be a playoffs or bust team. And if they don't, does that mean uh, they fire their coach? I think they should, but we'll see if they have patience with him or not. But um, yeah, the Cardinals, they're fascinating to me to see if they get in the playoffs and if they can do noise, which I think they could. I was low on them last year, but I'm high on them this year. So Cardinals, to me, are a very interesting team. Let's go on and talk about another bird uh, here at number eight, and that's going to be Clutch Crew Sports, number eight. The Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zach's like, oh, wait, I'm talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we have the Atlanta Falcons here at eight. Um, to me, this is a real interesting team because last year, you know, everybody knows they were better than their record because of all the blown leads they had, the close one score losses. Um, they should have had such a better record than they did, but they just let so many games slip by from them. So I think the Falcons can make the playoffs in the NFC. I think they can probably not compete for the division crown with the bucks, but they can definitely compete for a wild card. And another thing that makes this really interesting to me too, is they drafted Kyle Pitts at number four overall in the draft. And there was a lot of people saying that they should take a quarterback there. And if we see the later on quarterbacks like fields or Mac Jones, if we see them play this year and have really good seasons and Kyle Pitts isn't, you know, the the best tight end prospect ever. I think there's going to be a lot of questioning what the Falcons draft was this year. So Kyle Pitts, I think there's a lot of expectations on him. Um, they don't have Julio Jones anymore, so it's going to look weird without them having Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley's in an elevated role. Um, and this is also Matt Ryan. I think his prove it season, I think he's got a, 
get this team to win more games. I think he has to clean up his turnovers um, and just do a better job in general um, and not take as many sacks, that sort of thing. Matt Ryan and me, I think a lot of people overrate him. But when I watch him, he he just seems to take too many sacks, make too many bad decisions, and it costs his team. So uh, I know he has a really big contract, but this could potentially be his last year in Atlanta. Or if he plays well enough, it could be, you know, they could be a few more seasons. Heck, they could have a crazy run and make it to the Super Bowl again. You just never know with this team. So that, to me, makes them a really interesting team. Eric, do you have any other things to say about the Falcons here? Yeah, I mean, if anybody watched a mukbang I did a while back, uh, I talked about them, and I guess was I didn't put them in my top ten. But what's interesting to me with, about them is I just I don't know with their off season they had. I don't know if they're trying to rebuild or if they're trying to win now. I don't. I didn't really get what they were doing. It seems like they kind of have one foot in one door and one foot out. You know, like one I just it doesn't make any sense because like you said they didn't draft a quarterback but they traded Julio Jones and when they traded Julio Jones I thought okay they're going for a rebuild but then they didn't draft a quarterback and they drafted a weapon for Matt Ryan instead so my thought was you know if you're if you're going for you know the win now and keeping uh you know Matt Ryan and not drafting a quarterback of the future like why did you trade Julio Jones then you know I know he had a big contract and everything I know he's getting a little bit older but I mean, man, well, then this they, also, they also like, I was going to say, they also like Keanu Neal walk in free agency too. So like, yeah, yeah. they, yeah, they, they traded away, you know, Julio Jones's contract, but they didn't even get Keanu Neal back. I mean, Todd Gurley's not a huge loss. I don't, I mean, cause he's regressed. I, I understand them letting him go, but I mean, man, could you imagine this offense though, if they had Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones and Kyle Pitts all on the same team? I mean, that could have been, that could have been lethal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, but then they trade Julio Jones, but then they don't draft. They're still keeping Matt Ryan around as their guy. And, and I'm with Zach on Matt Ryan. I'm, I'm not the, this might spoil my you know fantasy football drafts that we still have upcoming, but I'm just not a big fan of Matt Ryan anymore. I mean, he was great for a while and he still puts up, you know, some good numbers and stuff but he makes too many mistakes he holds on the ball too long and you can you can see the regression happening with him so i i don't know i i don't think the falcons have too much of a chance this year but um i don't well, know connor and Nate, or if you if y'all think differently well i was gonna make a quick point on like what zach talked about at the beginning like with um you know how they didn't take a quarterback and like what if Kyle Pitts doesn't turn out to be the best tight end prospect ever like honestly I think even if he does turn out to be like one of the best tight end prospects ever if Matt Ryan doesn't play well then there's still going to be those questions right because you know they're still going to be like well okay Kyle Pitts is this great talent but like you can't do anything because you don't have a quarterback like honestly it all hinges on Matt Ryan in my opinion whether the Kyle Pitts pick was right or not maybe not as much on Kyle Pitts I think it more so yeah is, geared towards how well Matt Ryan plays. Cause like I said, if Kyle Pitts is like the best tight end prospect ever, and he's like the next, you know, I mean, I don't know who to really compare him to since he's not like Travis Kelsey or anything, but like, you know, like, let's just say he's like on that level, like he's on the level of Travis Kelsey, but then like Matt Ryan starts looking like, you know, an old man, then 
I still there's still going to be the people. I mean, and I might be one of them saying that they should have drafted like Fields or Lance or someone like that. So I mean, well, they couldn't have gotten Lance, but like you know, they should have drafted Fields or Mac Jones instead. Yeah, I I think this is what Zach was saying. It's going to be even I even if Matt Ryan plays bad, like I agree with what you're saying, but it's going to be even worse if Pitts doesn't play well. Right. You well, I mean? was I was saying if Jones or Fields, if Mac Jones or Fields play really well, then that's going to make it look worse too, because it's like we passed on a well, good quarterback. Well, well, I think there's a. I mean, I think I think there's, <laughs> there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things to make it worse, but like I think also because even if Fields and Mac Jones don't play out of their mind, like I mean, at least in uh, you can just kind of look at it as like, well, you know, they could be development projects, right? Because for that, I don't think you're really going to know until a couple of years down the line. Because, of course, like, you know, Eric used the example of uh, Josh Allen earlier when we were talking about Tua, how, like, you know, obviously, yeah, if they were in that situation and then, like, Josh Allen got taken later, you'd be like, oh, like, it's a good thing we didn't take him. But then you see, like, you know, three years later, like, oh, wow, this dude's like an MVP candidate now. Like, so I don't think you can really judge the quarterbacks quite yet. Because, you know, one year isn't always telling. I mean, obviously, if fields comes out and looks like a rookie of the year candidate that's one thing but even if he doesn't look fantastic you know there's still development that could happen Alrighty, guys let's move on to number seven clutch crew sport number seven yeah well this team is uh someone that i'm slightly familiar with um you know it's the team that wears black and gold up in pittsburgh actually it's black and yellow i didn't mean to say black and gold i hate when people say black and gold it's black and yellow don't just put gold in because for the sake of it, it's yellow. Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, Code, if you want to trigger Connor, call this dealer's uniform colors black and gold. <laughs> People say that with App State, too. And I'm like, it's yellow. It's not gold. But anyway, <laughs> so, yeah. So the Pittsburgh Steelers, the reason why they're interesting for me is because I feel like the Steelers are almost in some ways in a similar position to where they were last year. Like, they've got no expectations. I mean, there's no one out here saying that this team should be... I mean, it's probably a little worse than it was last year, honestly. But there's no one out here saying, like, oh, the Steelers are going to... They're going to make the AFC Championship game again. Or, oh, they're going to win the division again. Like, there's no one out there saying that. Pretty well everyone is now, like, Cleveland Browns or Baltimore Ravens are going to win the division. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are basically fighting for a wild... Maybe not even fighting for a wild card. But the Steelers, they have a way of somehow like coming out of nowhere and surprising people, kind of like they did last year. You know, again, I had them, even me at the start of the season, I had them finishing second in the division. And then here they come, they start out 11 and 0. Like, who would have seen that coming? You know, obviously they fell apart at the end of the season, but, you know, still to go 11, you know, win 11 straight games is ridiculous. So, I mean, this team, it's getting younger. Um, you know, the defense is still going to be a juggernaut. I don't see anything changing there. Um, I mean, the only person they really lost was Bud Dupree. But, you know, I think he anyone can really benefit when they play next to TJ Watt. So um, I don't think Bud Dupree is I, 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 I still laugh at how massively he got overpaid by Tennessee. Um, so I'm not sad that he's gone. But like I said, so that's not the issue. It's really going to be interesting to watch their offense is what's going to be because Najee Harris, you know, he looks like he could be a superstar in this league, but it's obviously all going to be up to the offensive line. The offensive line is completely new this year, except for like one starter. I think the left guard, Kevin Dotson, is the same. 
the other four are all new starters this year. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that works. Obviously, the other big thing is, is this going to be Ben Roethlisberger's last season or not? You know, his contract is up after this year. He had a really bad ending to last year, you know, especially that game against the Browns where he threw like four interceptions in the playoffs. You know, that's never good. (laughs) Um, But so and also just I think really to see if Ben doesn't play well, this team can be interesting because even though they might not be fighting for a playoff spot, if Ben doesn't play well, then it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic and who can take his spot between Mason Rudolph and obviously Dwayne Haskins. So I think there's a lot to really watch with this team, even if they aren't, you know, in the usual spot that they usually are, which would be, you know, top of the division fighting for a playoff spot or fighting for possibly an AFC title crown. Um, But what do you guys think about the Steelers? Yeah, I, I think they're the reason I put them as an interesting team is not like most interesting teams. I think, Oh, they could do really good and make the Super Bowl. I'm predicting like a massive collapse with this team and that's what makes them interesting to me, just because like the Steelers are have not had a losing season in a long, long time. So they so I think the potential for them to have a really bad season makes it interesting because what's Ben going to do? Is he going to retire? Are they not going to bring him back? Like who's the, the you know, do they have a future on the team? Do they are they going to go to to the draft? Like what's going to happen with this team after this season. And I think this, this season, like Connor said, it could go many directions. Like they could surprise me personally. They could um, do really bad. They could just be in the middle again. Like, I don't know. It's just such a tough team to really predict what they're going to do. Um, and that's why I think they're going to be interesting. And, you know, everybody's still like, they're the Steelers, you know, you expect them to be really good. So, um, well, it's, it's just, one of those uh, things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you said, it's always one of those things when, like, you know, you're watching a juggernaut slowly, you know, yeah. decay. But I mean, you know, who knows what could happen? Like you said, because I mean, you know, we thought that after last year the Patriots were going to die and decay finally, but then you know, we're, <laughs> they're all of a sudden on like a research again. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know um, if Eric or Nate feel the same about the Steelers. Like, what's going to happen to them? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, like, on the fence about the Steelers myself. Um, cause I'm, it's like, I, I kind of see them going uh, either way there, especially with, um, I know a lot of it's the uncertainty is kind of tied to Ben Roethlisberger, like you guys mentioned, um, who's going to take over. He is obviously on his way out in the next few years. Um, so it's kind of who's going to take over and which direction they're going to go from there. As far as this year goes, I, I wouldn't be surprised with anything that happens. I could see them, you know, potentially winning the division. I could see them, you know, coming in, um, um, like, lower in the standings. It's like, that's that's kind of where I put them on my list, too, for interesting teams because it's like I just can't really – I'm having a hard time predicting myself. High ceiling and high floor, like, right. <laughs> all over the map. Yeah. All right, guys. Clutch Crew Sports, number six. All right, and then this is um, one of the teams that I had, the Green Bay Packers. I put them on here just because, kind of like with the Bears, um, their quarterback situation is interesting to me, not specifically because they have a competition. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is still um, the guy there, but he did have 
uh, a really interesting offseason by uh, any standard. He, you know, there were all these reports come out that he was unhappy with ownership and management and coaching and that they weren't putting talent around him and that they, you know, mismanaged the NFC championship and all that. Um, so he's still in Green Bay, he's still uh, shaping up to start the season as their quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do um, in his, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he still, I think, is um, in his prime there. Um, it'll be, so it's really, for me, that's kind of like the storyline that puts the Packers um, in the really interesting category. Obviously, they're a good team. They've been good year in, year out. Uh, they've still got Devontae Adams. They've got all kinds of talent, but it's, to me, it's more so what's going to go on off the field and in the locker room, especially if um, they do hit, like, you know, a couple-game losing skid midway through the season. You know, what's going to happen with uh, all the rumors of uh, internal division and all of that? Um, I think we can kind of assume safely that they're going to be at least, at the very least, in the hunt for the NFC North, if not um, contending for you know, to go deep in the playoffs again. They're still a very well-constructed roster, in my opinion. So from that regard, it's not super, you know, interesting other than, you know, compared to the rest of the great teams in the league. But for me, it's more so, um, can this, um, you know, is a drama with Aaron Rodgers done or is it going to, um, you know, boil back up at some point in the season? And going off of that, is it going to um, spill into next year's free agency and, um, all those possible outcomes. So I'm curious to see what you guys uh, think about the Packers there. Yeah, Eric, I know you had the Packers um, high up on your list. So talk about why you think they're the most interest. They're one of the most interesting teams in your perspective. Yeah, I mean, like Nate said, I mean, it it boils down to the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. I mean, they're just because of all the drama that he had in the off season with the holding out and was threatening to retire and all that stuff. And then he ultimately didn't get traded as coming back, but he's still basically outright saying it's going to be, you know, his final year there. And it's just, it's really interesting to see a star quarterback coming out and saying all this stuff before the season even starts. Like, I don't know if any of y'all watched his press conference when he first came back, but I mean, he basically trashed the whole Packers management and the press conference. I mean, I, I've just never seen anything like this happen before. I mean, I've seen star players that want to get traded. Like obviously the Jags dealt with that with Jalen Ramsey not too long ago. And you see that with wide receivers maybe and stuff like that, but you don't see the you know franchise quarterback of the team. Who's been playing there for over a decade and won the Super Bowl with the team and been to multiple conference championships with the same team and stuff like that. You don't, you just don't see that. And it's just so interesting to me to watch this play out. So I'm just really curious, you know, to see how the season goes for them. If, you know, if, if they start off hot and are winning, you know, is everything maybe do the fences, you know, do the fences get mended a little bit or like Nate said, if they go on a losing streak or things just going to, you know, suddenly collapse with this team? Like, is Aaron Rodgers going to quit on the team? I don't know. <laughs> it's just, they're, they're so interesting to me because of the storyline. We need Caleb's opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Caleb, I'm sure, I'm sure it would be Caleb very optimistic a, and like everything's going to be all right, guys. Like, <laughs> Caleb, drop a comment, you know, and, 
I guess just real quick with them too. I mean, I know when Aaron Rodgers had his offseason drama and everything going on, it seemed like Devontae Adams was even getting in on it, like basically saying, like, if Aaron doesn't come back, I'm done. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The crazy thing going on there. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. All right. Clutch Crew Sports, number five. So for number five here, we have got the New Orleans Saints. Um, a team that I talked extensively about last season when Zach and I were having our Saints versus Bucks debates. Um, and they're kind of similar to what Nate was talking about with the Bears and his honorable mention. Like, you know, the most interesting thing about this team is obviously the quarterback situation. You know, Drew Brees, he's retired, he's gone, he's done. And now it's going to be a battle between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And I don't know about you guys, but do they know who's going to start week one? Like, I haven't heard anything about who's going to start week one. They still haven't said. And right. <laughs> Peyton, before the preseason game tonight, said he has no timetable. Like, he's comfortable with, like, a day before the f- the first game, like, yeah. saying who's I, I would guess Jameis Winston. Yeah. But you don't I mean, know. I would think, but, you know, that's who knows, right? Because, I mean, Taysom Hill didn't look too shabby in his time playing last season, so... But that's the thing about this team that's so interesting is just that quarterback situation, how, you know, that one position being different can change the whole outcome of this team. Because other than that, this team is the same team. Like you still got Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas is still there and he's going to be kind of in the same role as he was last year, like hurt half the time. So it's not like his, you know, he's going to be back in like a better capacity or anything. The defense is still pretty much the same minus Trey Hendrickson, but I would argue that's not really that big of a loss. Um, they still got Cameron Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore and guys like that. Um, you know, they still got that really good offensive line. So it's interesting to watch you know, this team. And, you know, obviously the fact that like, you know, they were the division champions last year and now here they are with basically the same team, just not the same quarterback and no one, not not any of us, and probably none of the experts, are picking them to win the division this time, despite there only being one position difference. So, you know, I do. This is another team that honestly, I feel like that quarterback position can really, like, judge how well this team does. Like, I don't. They definitely don't have as wide a range of possibilities as like the Steelers do. Um, like, I wouldn't say their floor is super low. I mean, I. I would say probably like unless Carolina or Atlanta, in my opinion, does something unexpected, I would expect the Saints to still finish second in the division. Um, But, you know, it's one of those things like how far can they really go? Like, can Jameis Winston really, you know, like find the form that he had in Tampa minus the interceptions? Like, because if he can find, you know, the four to five thousand yard passer in him minus the 30 interceptions, like then this team is a real threat, but if he can't find that, or if like Taysom Hill ends up becoming the quarterback, you know, cause Jameis Winston's sucking, then this is just going to be an average mediocre team. Like, you know, probably first round playoff exit. So that position really makes it interesting. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, Nate, do you have any, I know you had the saints high up on your list. Uh, what else in your opinion makes them interesting? Um, as far as, what else? I mean, I'm kind of, I mean, my main reason for putting him on the list was the, um, um, basically seeing how James Winston would do this year. We've gotten a little bit of a look at it tonight. I'm recording this, um, 
Monday night and the Saints are playing the Jags. Um, and Jameis Winston looked good first quarter. Obviously, it's preseason. Not all the rosters are looking like how they're going to be week one. But um, I, you know, I think it's shaping up to be a um, decent replacement for Drew Brees, at least. So that's kind of what I was really um, interested in the team is how they're going to um, basically move into the future without uh, their best player in franchise history. For sure. All right, let's move on and get to number four on the list. Clutch Crew Sports, number four. Yeah, so then this is um, my team, kind of like Connor. I get to talk about uh, my favorite team and uh, obviously the most interesting team going into the season for me. But I think in general they're a pretty uh, interesting story. I think um, the rosters had huge uh, turnover this offseason. It's basically a new team. Not a new team, but um, it really is a different roster than last season. Um, and last season was a totally different roster than the year before. So it's basically just going through a whole lot of change in the post-Tom uh, Brady era. Um, but they brought in a lot of new talent uh, this offseason. Um, guys like Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry at tight end. Um, hopefully you can get them back to what they had with the Gronkowski and Hernandez duo there and kind of revitalize the offense that um, – really kind of fell off last season. So it's basically for me, there's an interesting team because um, there's a whole lot of pieces that we don't know. We've seen them on other rosters and we've seen them in college, but uh, as far as what they'll they'll do in new England is basically a total um, mystery to see what Belichick can get out of them. So they're kind of another team for me that could go um, either way. They could surprise people and push the bills to win the AFC East and make the playoffs, or I could see them, you know, going uh, 500 or even below um, if there's injuries or, you know, things just don't work out. And the other main storyline is obviously another quarterback competition. And it's kind of been a thread with um, my picks is the the quarterback uh, situations there. But um, seeing if Cam can uh, hold the starting job, he's indicated to be the week one starter, it seems like. But um, if Mac Jones can... Uh, perform well in the next couple of preseason games and um, in practice and maybe steal that away from him. And um, it'd be interesting to see what he can do uh, in the NFL offense, especially under Bill Belichick and potentially be the um, replacement for Brady. So um, I'll try and uh, stop. I, I can rant about this. Obviously it's my favorite teams. So I'll let somebody else uh, come in with their thoughts. Do you think they're going to be a, you know, a potential playoff contender or is it more, you know, another season of 500 for, New England. Well, hopefully yeah. you're not having to rant about your favorite team because I know right. I just had to do that quite a bit about the Jaguars. Right. <laughs> That's basically um, all I've been doing the last 10 years. Minus 2017. <laughs> true, true, true. Even before the podcast, I was. <laughs> yeah, this is just us verbalizing our rant. Um, right. Eric and I, we've had many discussions about the ineptitude of Gus Bradley and all that but um yeah so on and so forth (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i definitely agree with nate i think i i this is in my opinion not a bias pick for nate i mean obviously he does have some bias here but they're ranked number four for a reason as the most interesting team and it's not just because it's his favorite team like this team um you have the expectations for the team how are they you know brady's already got one without them so now it's i think massive pressure on belichick to like 
at least be competitive and put this team in a good situation for whenever he retires. Like if they end up just, you know, middling out and missing the playoffs every year, like it's a bad look in my opinion for how the team ended after Brady left. Um, But like Nate said, so many new pieces in free agency. This team spent the most money probably ever in free agency by any team. Um, They had the, the quarterback in round one who has looked good in the preseason so far. We'll see when or if he plays at all. Uh, Cam Newton coming back last year, he had COVID that really messed him up. Um, He's been working, you know, learning the offense now. So I think in his second year, there's more expectations with him and there's more of an understanding that he knows the offense and, um, and like apparently COVID really messed him up last year. So um, if he's healthy, you know, can being healthy is always a, you know, very questionable thing, but still, uh, all those things combined to me, make this a extremely interesting team to watch and they'll be competing for the playoffs. But like we've said, this AFC is so tough this year. I just don't know if they'll be good enough to make the playoffs, but they could still just win the division and get in that way too. So we don't know. Um, let's go on to number three now. Clutch Crew Sports, number three. All right, guys. So for the third most interesting team, Clutch Crew Sports came up with the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously, we've had the theme going on of quarterback battles or, you know, new quarterbacks and stuff like that. And, you know, this is going to be no different with the 49ers. Uh, Obviously, with the Jimmy G versus Trey Lance comparison. Um, If you look at the moves the 49ers made in the offseason I mean they didn't do too much that was significant they didn't lose too many people they didn't bring in too many people uh I do think Alex Mack will be a nice upgrade at center for them even though he is getting older uh he has familiarity with Kyle Shanahan and everything so I I do like that move for them but obviously the main thing is going to be the quarterback situation you know is is Jimmy G going to start you know, if they're winning, are they going to keep him in there? Uh, if they're winning only because of, you know, how good the defense is doing or how good the running game is doing or something, do they keep him in there? You know, if he plays well, but they're losing, do they switch? You know, what are they going to do? You know, it's going to be how long do they wait before they put Trey Lance in there? I mean, they gave up a lot to get him, you know, obviously like, the Jags and Jets and the Patriots, you know, they, none of those two teams gave up any draft capital or anything to, you know, get their quarterbacks, but the 49ers gave up a lot to move up and get Trey Lance. So I'm curious what the 49ers are going to do in terms of that situation. And then also for me too, just, you know, they were just recently in the Super Bowl, and obviously they didn't have a good year last year, but, you know, usually you always say, oh, a team had a Super Bowl hangover, like, you know, but I don't necessarily think that was the case with the 49ers. I mean, they had a ton of injuries last year. Like, they just, they got hit with the injury bug extremely hard. Like, obviously, every team has injuries every year, but, you know, the, the amount of injuries they had last year was on another level compared to what usually happens. So, they're going to have all these guys back healthy now, and then they've got this new quarterback situation got some o-line help so it's going to be really interesting to see if they're able to get back up there and 
you know, get back in the playoffs, maybe win the division, get a high seed and maybe contend for a Super Bowl? Or, you know, what if Jimmy G struggles and they wait too long to put Trey Lance in and then, you know, and then they don't even make the playoffs. And also, like, if and when Trey Lance does play, you know, is he even going to be any good? Because he's obviously the most raw prospect out of the top five quarterbacks that were taken, in my opinion. Like, I like his athleticism. He's, you know, he looks like he can be a great talent, but he also didn't play against, you know, any elite competition. And he hadn't really played in a long time until these preseason games started because of the, you know, issues with COVID last year and everything. So, like, is he going to be able to be the quarterback of the future for the 49ers? Can the 49ers, you know, stay healthy and, you know, recover from all the injuries they had last year and make it back to the playoffs again? There's a lot going on with this team that, you know, I find very interesting, and that's why I had them rated pretty high. But uh, do you guys have anything else to add? Or do, you, do you agree, disagree? Yeah, I mean, well, like, I had this team really high. I mean, because basically, you basically kind of outlined this and how you were talking about them. But, like, more so than any other team in the league, and I mean, not just, like I said, on this list and in the league, this is – the definition of a team that has everything to win a Super Bowl except a quarterback. Like, if you look at this team, you know, especially with how they performed in 2019, like, this is the same team, basically. Like, you know, they still have <clears throat> the deadly run game going that they're going to have with Raheem Mostert. Um, you know, Debo Samuel's a big, he always gets a lot of end arounds in the running game. Um, you know, they brought in, they drafted a couple guys this year to go with the run game. They brought in Wayne Gallman from the Giants. And then also that defense, like Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa are one of the best, like, defensive end duos in the league. Um, you know, they have a deadly secondary, a deadly linebacking core. Like I said, everything is there. The ingredients are all there for a Super Bowl if they can just get good quarterback play. And that's still a big question mark because it's not like, you know, they went out and drafted Trevor Lawrence. They went out and drafted Trey Lance. So you don't know what's going to happen there and if he's going to play well or not, because Jimmy G is kind of almost proven in a way that he's not the guy. But, you know, like you said, is he going to play well enough to be able to just hold that job? And like, well, okay, like, yeah, obviously this isn't ideal, but like we're still winning. So, you know, you don't want to take him out because that's just, you know, you don't take out a quarterback who's winning. That doesn't make any sense most of the time. So who it's very interesting to watch for them. All right, there's number three. Now I'll go ahead and introduce number two. Clutch Crew Sports, number two. All right, so number two, guys, is going to be none other than the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you have two Jaguars fans on this podcast, so inherently they were going to be scored pretty high, I think, because of that. Um, but really, you know, we got Nate had some votes. All four of us have them in our top ten, and... Uh, I'll go ahead and say why I think they're the most interesting team, and then Eric can give his thoughts. I, I'll try not to take everything, Eric, but um, but I'm definitely interested to see what I'm you got to say. Also, about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, obviously, we just got to start with the first, you know, pick Trevor Lawrence, who honestly, in my opinion in my lifetime of watching the NFL, he's been the most hyped and most, you know, interesting or whatever you want to call it, like the most pro ready or whatever, like 
generational, all those words that people describe for like best quarterbacks coming out of college. Like it's him. I, I know with Andrew Luck, there was, you know, a high degree of confidence that he would turn out. But for me, like the comparisons that Trevor Lawrence has gotten ever since he was in like high school and now he's finally in the NFL, no matter what team he was going to be on, was going to be an interesting team. So with that aside, like in my in my like I said, in my lifetime, he's the most fascinating player to come out of college into the NFL as a number one overall pick hands at hands down that. Um, and then secondly, the team he's going to, I think has a lot of offensive weapons on the team. So it's not like he's going into a situation where there's nobody on the team. Like the team has a couple good receivers. They have now two good running backs with James Robinson. And then they drafted his college teammate, Travis Etienne, who's going to play all sorts of different roles. I think. Uh, line up in the slot potentially be like a receiving back be a regular running back you have James Robinson also like the only thing they're really missing is tight ends on this offense and the offensive line's not great either but with the weapons they have like he should be able to put up numbers um and then finally uh what puts it over the top in my opinion is the their head coach that they brought in and Urban Meyer because between Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, like both of them from college only lost like maybe one game a year. Like Trevor Lawrence has only lost twice in college. Urban Meyer's never lost like more than four games a year. Um, so the fact that you bring both of these two highly successful at winning at the college level head coach and quarterbacks Going to the NFL for the very first time, like Urban Meyer's never been a coordinator or anything in the NFL. Trevor Lawrence, obviously a rookie. It's his first time in the NFL. So you bring these, the most highly successful college coach and the most highly successful college quarterback, and you put them on the a team that win, that won just one game last year. I mean, to me, that's like the most interesting storyline with like any team this year, just because we, it could be anything like, who like what if they only lose one game like they like Trevor Lawrence did in college like what if Urban Meyer is like a genius at the NFL what if they what if he sucks at the NFL like it's so fascinating to me what's gonna happen with this team obviously I'm hoping that they bring that winning along with them but obviously I know that this is that's not really going to be realistic in the NFL but still just the amount of I mean you had the Tim Tebow saga for a bit just this team just seems to be in the news like every week and they haven't even named a starting quarterback yet too which is like making people really antsy um so eric go ahead i know i talked a lot about that but um what else or or what did i say that you really like about why you think the jags are a really interesting team yeah i mean it's pretty obvious that it's urban and trevor that make this team such an interesting team you know like you said trevor lawrence is you know super hyped urban meyer's been successful everywhere he's been in college so the main thing is going to be can they both transition into the pros and bring that winning culture in? i mean but i'm also just excited for the uh for the weapons we have on this team i mean i think between marvin jones who we just brought in and then dj chark and lavisca chanel i think that's a great uh trio of wide receivers 
I'm like none of them are necessarily elite wide receivers, but that's still three really good weapons to have on the field at one time. So I know Trevor has kind of struggled in preseason and people are like already doubting him for some reason over some preseason games. But I mean, he hasn't even had all of his, you know, weapons on the field at the same time yet. And they, they like in tonight's game, they played with a lot of backup O linemen in there at the start of the game and all that. So I'm personally not worried about that. I, I'm really excited. Just my biggest concern for the Jaguars is going to be more so on the defensive end. I, I, we definitely have a long way to go. Obviously, if, uh, you know, what you talked about with, you know, how Trevor and Urban barely lost, if we could somehow go from like one and 15 to 15 and two, that would be amazing. But uh, obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. I think this team does have a ways to go, but we're definitely going to be an interesting team to watch. I think we're, we're definitely on a lot of people's radar now, whereas before, normally everybody just you know, counts the Jags out as soon as the season starts. But whereas I, like, I've even talked to people, like, like I wear a Jags, a Jaguars mask at my, you know, restaurant that I work at. And I get a lot of people like, Oh, Jags, you know, they got Trevor. And oh, yeah, these are Texans fans, Cowboys fans, like, you know, fans of other, you know, random teams that come in, like none of them are Jags fans saying it. It's like all these people that are fans of other teams that are kind of waking up to the Jags because of, you know, this crazy, you know, off season that they had and everything and what they managed to pull off. So uh, I'm really excited about it. And even if you're not a fan of the Jaguars, you know, this is a team that, you know, you should at least be interested in, like, you know, definitely, you know, be interested in checking them out. Alrighty. Well said, Eric, and let's get to the number one, most interesting team in the NFL clutch crew sports. Number one. <laughs> The, the way you were like transitioning, that I wasn't sure if you're going to say that. I was, I was like, oh, man, am I gonna, am I gonna have to pull? Am I gonna? Yeah, it's been. <laughs> I didn't plan for it in the start of the episode. It's been like whatever. So, anyways, let's hear the team. Well, you know, I put I put that idea in your head. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Con, con, great uh, impromptu, you know, idea there, Connor, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> as soon as we're done recording this, definitely get to work on trademarking that. But, but yeah. So as I feel like group, I feel like I might have a lawsuit on my hands from a. Uh, one Caleb because uh, he kind of started that. <laughs> uh oh. Well, I'll let y'all hash that out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Anyway, sorry, I got kind of thrown off track there. But yeah. So, as a group, we have decided that the number one most interesting team to watch this year is going to be the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, shout out to Uncle Mike, uh, a big <laughs> big Rams fan in our family, but. I mean, yeah, this is definitely an interesting team. I mean, obviously it starts with, you know, they, they got, they moved on from Jared Goff and they picked up Matthew Stafford. And in my opinion, this is a huge upgrade at quarterback for them. I mean, Jared Goff managed to have, you know, that one good year when, you know, the whole offense was stacked around him and everything, but you know, they definitely got exposed by the Patriots in that Super Bowl game. And, Goff just struggled after that. I I've never been a big believer in Jared Goff, especially like his rookie season was just really bad. And I just I thought he I didn't really think he was deserving of being the number one pick when he got drafted. I I see a lot of people call him Jared Goof. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. So I I'm just I'm not a big fan of him. Whereas Matthew Stafford, I'm a big fan of him, and obviously he hasn't 
had the success in terms of playoff wins and stuff like that. But you also have to keep in mind that he was on a really bad team for all those years. Like the Lions occasionally had a decent team around him, but for the most part, they uh, they just did not have a good team. They were the Lions. <laughs> yeah, it's the Detroit Lions. I and mean, I can't say much as a Jags fan, but, you know, it, the Lions definitely held him back. So I, I'm excited for Matthew Stafford to have this opportunity uh, with a better team. And, I mean, obviously he's going to be in a really difficult division now because the NFC West is definitely the best division top to bottom. But I, I'm just really excited to see what he's going to do in a different environment. You know, he's got some pretty good weapons around him, you know, and Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and uh, good old Higby, who we uh, drafted in our uh, podcast league together uh, recently. But I, I'm also, I mean, obviously, too, they have arguably two of the best players, you know, in the entire NFL and defense at their positions with Aaron Donald on the D-line and uh, Jalen Ramsey, a cornerback. I mean, Jalen Ramsey, as much as I you know, don't like him with the way he left Jacksonville and everything, uh, he struggled in the year he got traded to the Rams. But last year, he played so much better. He did incredible Aaron Donald's obviously a DPOY candidate every year, which is interesting to watch. So my only concern for the Rams is that they did lose some pieces uh, in free in free agency and everything. They lost uh, John Johnson to the Browns. Uh, they lost a you know decent tight end in Gerald Everett. Michael Brockers is gone. So uh, Troy Hill is gone. So they they Cam lost. Akers got an yeah, injury. Cam Akers He's out for the year. Yeah, that that's a big injury to their running game because that was one of the biggest things that Matthew Stafford never had in Detroit. It was a good running game, uh, but he definitely would have had a much better running game in LA if Cam Akers wasn't hurt. But you know, Daryl Henderson's okay. Like he's serviceable. So you know, I think he can do just enough. Uh, I think they have enough of a passing game threat to where the running game can still. Uh, where the running game can still open up anyway. But obviously the biggest thing is Matthew Stafford and being in a new environment. Um, I'm excited to see what this team can do, even though I don't like Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> but uh, obviously with him being our number one, t- you know, or with the Rams being our number one team, you know, that we voted on, I know I'm sure you guys have other thoughts as well. Um, what, what, what other reasons are y'all excited for, for the Rams? Well, uh, so. Yeah, I mean, I put them, the Rams were my, on my personal list, they were my number one team. Because um, really, I guess, for me, I mean, I didn't put the Jaguars at number two. But the thing for me that puts them above the Jaguars, though, because obviously the Jaguars have that really good story, like Zach said, you know, with all the moving pieces. But, like, this team, for me, is the most interesting just because they're really that team that, you know, this doesn't come around very often where you have a team that, like, you know, because Rams, they were kind of middling last year. I mean, like, they ended up finishing second in the division. You know, the Seahawks ended up winning it. And then, they, you know, they got that upset in, in round one against Seattle um, to take them out. And then they got taken out, and it was all like, well, you know, like, they have the number one defense, but this offense isn't, like, good enough. And it's one of those things that just to see a transformation of this team, you know, if they had stayed the same coming into this year, they probably wouldn't be in – you know, many convers like they'd be barely in wild card conversations, honestly, if Jared Goff was still there. But with the bringing of Matthew Stafford, now it's like this team is Super Bowl or bust now. Like that's what makes them so interesting for me is that, you know, whenever you have a team that's Super Bowl or bust, it 
makes them interesting to watch. And Matthew Stafford really has changed that for them. And, you know, it's like you go from having, because we've talked about it so much and everyone else has talked about like how important quarterbacks are. And like when you can get a quarterback, the level of Matthew Stafford on your team, it changes everything. I mean, even having like the problem, the potential problems in the run game that they might have. I mean, you know, the Buccaneers didn't exactly have the greatest run game in the world and, you know, they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's not like they need someone like, um, you know, to like a Todd, like Todd Gurley in his prime or someone like, you know, Ezekiel Elliott or, you know, someone like that in the running back position. They don't need a superstar. They just need someone who can, you know, get some yards. They have a really good offensive line. So the holes are going to be there. You know, and the passing game, like Eric said, is a big enough threat that I feel like the running game could still do well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be crazy to watch them because, you know, it's crazy just to think a year ago we weren't even considering them as any sort of threat whatsoever. I mean, honestly, I think a lot of us had them like finishing third in the division last year. Um, And now it's like we're all talking about them as Super Bowl contenders. So, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, and also too, all those things I agree with, and the fact that like their windows like now because you know Stafford he's not a young quarterback, and they've given up so many draft first round draft picks and so yeah, many future their, first round picks. <laughs> I must say, when's their next first round pick? It's like, it's like way down twenty twenty four or something like that. So it's <laughs> like they they just haven't had draft picks and they continue not to have draft picks. So it's like. The playoffs are a must for the teams like that, you know, and Stafford, you know, I expect him to be good, but also too, like how many more prime years does he have left in him? Like is how many years is he going to be with the Rams for? And, and how is this all going to work? Because he is probably the biggest name quarterback this year to move kind of like Brady was last year at the Bucks. I think, you know, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, they still haven't moved teams yet. So uh, Stafford, he Roger, Rogers hasn't moved. Rogers hasn't moved. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's really going to be interesting to see what happens there. And I think we all like agree that the Rams are one of the most interesting teams to watch. So that's going to wrap this episode up guys. Thanks for listening to our top 10 list. Let us know on Twitter. If you agree with any of our picks, if you disagree, you can find us on Twitter at clutch crew sport and until next time, guys, remember be clutch. Bye. Peace.